to a podcast greater than yourself. My name is John Barleycorn. And I am Fred. And we are coming at you this week with a bonus Bone Zone episode. All we do is bonus episodes now. (laughs) It's strictly a whole season of just bonus episodes. But this one's going to be a follow-up to last season's bonus, which was uh, 12 Questions with John and Fred. This one is going to be cleverly titled... 12 more questions with John and Fred. <laughs> Back by popular marketing demand. team. The marketing team's been hard at work on that. Yeah, it, it took some uh, some synergistic thought farming. <laughs> <laughs> I think I just coined that. I was trying I'm to writing it down. <laughs> I'm writing it down. That's really good. I've never Stop really farming. worked. At, I've never really worked at one of those places that uh, uses terms like that. So I, I don't know. I'm I mean, it, that was. I mean, I think you might have just got yourself a job. <laughs> I think somebody's going to be reaching out. Yeah, hit us that up. Was really good. Podcast greater than yourself at Gmail. <laughs> We're open to all, any and all job opportunities. <laughs> That's the whole point of this podcast, yeah. So, right. Financial gains. For sure. So, um, how's it going? How's the, how's the uh, off-season for you? You know, just trying to stay in shape. Um, uh, good, it's good. good. Yeah. I mean, can I say, can I say congratulations? I mean, yeah. I, Congratulations. I, I would venture to say there's probably hundreds of thousands of words you could say. <laughs> I've heard you speak. <laughs> Most of them start with an F. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you do all right in the uh, department of saying words. But yeah, thank Thanks. you. Thank you very much. That has been a big, uh, a big postseason development for me, mm-hmm. ha- having a child. I think that's what mm-hmm. you're referring to, right? Well, I was was talking about your talk on the on the when we did our workshop, but no, the kid too. Oh yeah, okay, cool, very cool. Uh, of course, so, I'm talking about your kid. Yeah, the, I'm I'm a proud papa for the first time ever. Medical miracles, modern science. Not you know. I'm not even saying this because we do a podcast together and because you're one of my favorite people. I'm saying this because it's legitimately true. Your son is one of the most handsome, like, immediate newborns I've ever seen. Yeah, it's that. And like, um, I am not like Mr. Spirituality enough to pretend like I wasn't like the second that he came out that I wasn't like, please don't be ugly. Please don't be ugly. Like I was like, because <laughs> it was like everything, you know, until that point you're like, uh, they've run tests and you know, he seems healthy and utero and everything. He's developing well and blah, blah. But it's a crapshoot. Like the second mm-hmm. that they come out where you're just like, I mean, I, I, of course it's the only time I've ever done this, but for me, that's how it was. It was like, other than all the other births you've cracked. Yeah, exactly. It was like it was like, all right, some babies are ugly. I got <laughs> friends with weird looking babies. Like I'm just being real, okay? Um, 
No, he's he's beautiful from the from the first moment. And everybody thinks their baby is beautiful. And I would assume everyone tells everyone else that their kid is beautiful. Like I, everyone has said the same thing about the baby. So, I, no, I dude, like, it was incredible. Like you sent me that photo the the night he was born, and I immediately turned and showed my phone to my wife, and we were both just like, it looks like. I mean, he he looks like like a model baby, <laughs> you know. Well, he he had some work done when he was. <laughs> Like it's still in utero? Yeah, still in the womb, yeah. I honestly like that would be between me and you. Top five least shocking things I've heard <laughs> in this last year would be that that they're currently doing like plastic surgery on babies in the womb. Like I would not. I would be like, yeah. That's one of those memes that if I saw it, I would have to Google it just to make sure. You know. I feel like I I send you Photoshop. <laughs> Things that I that I you I've need made. to stop doing that. Actually, I've, made, I've spent five minutes making something, and <laughs> I do that like twice a month at least. And you're like, you did it twice real? today. <laughs> <laughs> you did it twice today. <laughs> I I can literally look back at the group chat and look and say twice today. I wrote, is that real? <laughs> stop fucking around. <laughs> but, but in fairness, <clears throat> in fairness, some of that's on you. Mm-hmm. And that second sure. one, I wasn't even trying. I, I literally wrote facebook.com slash I worship my sponsor or something. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> the thing that's is, not a URL. Like, every, I know, but the, I don't look at the details. I'm a big picture guy. <laughs> but, I mean, if whatever you do for work doesn't ever work out, like, you have a career in Photoshop. It's fucking incredible. Like you should be a graphic designer. I yeah, I uh, I agree with you. I the, like the the workshop stuff you did. I mean, it's everything. It's like you should be making like I just I'm sad that we don't like band posters. You know, like concert posters were like a big thing back in the day, yeah. you know? But that's what you that's what like I've made tons and tons of those. Uh, I'm sure. I have no doubt. Yeah, my my illustrious um, pro am Photoshop career started me me and my friend Joe, well my friend Joe and my friend Jeff in middle school. We made a like a National Lampoon kind of style like parody comedy audio cassette tape, just like skits and stuff. It was just audio. Mm-hmm. And um, the cover of it was a Diet Coke can that I photoshopped to say Diet Cock. (laughs) (laughs) And then there was like a commercial for refreshing Diet Cock in the, uh, yeah. So that's where I started. So hasn't really gotten more highbrow since then. (laughs) I mean, literally like, it's good to see that the talent has been there since the beginning and also that the humor has not changed yeah exactly that was that was uh what i was like 11 or 12 it's like that was like 54 years ago and i'm still still same same kind of humor <laughs> 54 years ago i was using photoshop <laughs> yeah okay. oh god this is back when it was just like uh papyrus and uh crushed beetles for ink and stuff do you remember do you remember um six minutes ago when we were like pre-podcast and we talked about how we needed to wrap this up 
and that we weren't going to do this for three years. Do you remember that? I do. It seems like just yesterday. (laughs) This is is why when my family says, oh, are you recording a podcast? And I say yes, and they say, "Well, how long is it going to take?" I'm like, "Like an hour." And they're like, "So they're we'll like, cool. So tomorrow. we'll see you in we'll see you in three hours." <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I can't help I, it. Yeah, exactly. So, well, it's hard and, and to skip the kind of you know intro and stuff and just get right into the questions. My thing with some of these questions is what I started to say when we were. Uh, so I, you said you wrote several. I, I did exactly six because I'm like, whatever. You know, it's really just an excuse to talk and record it. Right. But um, <laughs> some of mine, I feel, are very obviously stuff that I just want to say. But I'm like, let me ask a question so that we can just, like, say things about this. I might have one or two of those. <laughs> All right. So, uh, um, yeah. Let me go first because I have a real easy one. Cool. Nothing too heavy. Just started off light. You ready? Let's do it. 12 questions with John and Fred. Here we go. John, is AA completely fucked? <laughs> How is that an easy one? <laughs> I just put that on a T for you. God, I suddenly when you said that, I I realized like I didn't pray before we started doing this. Oh, nice! Like that's the you, thing that made me realize that. Where I was like, because my instant thought was like, yeah, A is fucked. <laughs> and then I'm like, I didn't I didn't pray at all. <laughs> I actually I have to stop and pray. Okay. Okay, now will you will you leave that pause in to, as an homage to our friend? <laughs> <laughs> so that people have to look down at their phones and be like, "Wait, did it did it stop? I don't know." Yeah, like I don't know uh, take the mu- the twelve questions music down. <laughs> Everybody's like, "Wait, what just happened? Is it still going? How long do I wait before I hit the fast forward thirty seconds and then the back fifteen, back 15? That's, okay, sorry. Yeah, that's a lot of my a lot of my day. Um, oh my god, is AA fucked? I just I'm so okay. I'm not you, so I can't come up with a clever analogy for this at such short notice. Um, it's like it's like you say in the seventies is the ABA fucked, right? Mm. Well, yeah, <laughs> but. <laughs> You know, but the NBA will right. will keep going. You know, um, so I mean, is AA fucked? Like, um, I think the fact that like there are many, there are many more meetings where you could go to, and you could say, not even say like, my name's John Barleycorn and I'm a recovered alcoholic. Like when you start, like not be that guy, but you could say, I'm John, I'm an alcoholic. And then you could talk and then you could say, yeah, you know, a recovered person 
introduced himself to me and described alcoholism, blah, blah, and that was my gateway. And, and then the next person would be like, you can never recover. You know, like, <laughs> the fact that there are more meetings where that could happen than, than where that is likely to not happen, I think just is one of, like, let's say conservatively one dozen things I could mention that make me think, yeah, AA's fucked. Because... The misinformation and disinformation is so pervasive that, like, it's like you can't, because we have traditions and you can't force step work on people, mm -hmm. the, like, how selfishness and self-centeredness is beneath all of my character defect stuff, and if I keep treating symptoms rather than the cause and the root cause and stuff, it's the same thing. It's like, there's all these tendrils all throughout AA of that stuff and of treatment center stuff and therapy stuff to where it's like it, it, it can't be undone I don't think you can pull that stuff back out of AA of the, like the structure of AA but I do think that like people like us will continue to carry the actual message <laughs> so I think what Alcoholics Anonymous really is will never be fucked because that's a thing that's like always going to work if you do it right but uh yikes the fellowship is yeah i mean i don't <laughs> that's yeah yes great answer <laughs> okay <laughs> all right uh oh do i go lowbrow or lower brow um I'll just piggyback off yours there. Mm. <clears throat> if you could snap your fingers and instantly change one thing about the fellowship, what would you change? Damn. <laughs> that's a good question. Yeah, it's hard when you're the one answering them, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really good. Um, if I could change one thing about the fellowship... Uh, okay. I would... Um, I would treat AA... Uh, more like a, um, I, I would, I would have meetings, certain meetings, you would have to be invited. You, they wouldn't just be open. Mm -hmm. And, um, the meetings where they're not open would have more structure to them. Or excuse me, the meetings that are open to outside people who are interested in Alcoholics Anonymous would be more about like, uh, an introduction to what it is. Mm -hmm. And then recovered people sitting down with unrecovered people who are interested in the solution. And then if they want to go forward in the process, then they could be invited to like the to the actual meeting. But more than likely through that process, they would have like A discovered whether or not they think they're an alcoholic, and B, they would have started down the road of steps. Yeah. I think that's great. So like back to the way that they used to do it, basically. Yeah, yeah. So how do we implement you know. this? Violence? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just like um just like uh like some kind of a a, a, a takeover. Just you know? just a casual bloody revolution. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, revolu revolutionary takeover is and how I would like all, all everyone else who has nothing to do with AA is just going like what the fuck are these weirdos doing? <laughs> People just murdering each other. <laughs> the other the so, other 80% of the world is just like, what the fuck? <laughs> I mean, like, basically, 
yeah, I mean, I want more qualification. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But, but at the same time, like, who? I don't know. I know. We're I answering these in a vacuum. <laughs> yeah. That's right. That's what yeah, I don't okay, get mad so at us. We, so I love your plan. So how do we implement this? <laughs> <laughs> There's like a, now there's like a group of people working on it. Yeah, exactly. It's like Fight Club. We're just doing some thought I have farming here. Just <laughs> hashtag thought farming. <laughs> That's the name of the episode, by the way. Thought farming with John and Fred. <laughs> you know when we started and you introduced yourself, I for a split second forgot that we had fake names. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, I have another question that could go down. That we could keep going down this, but I'm going to switch gears. <laughs> okay. Okay, um, it's a two-part question. So your first, the first answer is is just a yes or no, and then I have a follow-up. Okay. Okay. Uh, do you think that AA etiquette exists? Yes. Okay. Good. Good. Correct. <laughs> all my answer, all my questions have correct <laughs> answers. By the way, I'm sure. Um, okay. So, second part. If yes, what is the worst offense that you can make in both live and Zoom meetings? Oof. Okay. Firstly, I have to qualify my yes. My yes is, yes, I believe it exists. With the caveat of, no, I do not think that someone's arbitrary idea of what AA etiquette should be, uh, should be applied to anyone else. Okay. That being said, <laughs> I think that, like, honestly, like, sitting here right now, there's not a lot of stuff that sincerely bothers me about, I mean, I don't know. So, take it with a grain of salt. <clears throat> the stuff that I that comes to mind is, like, I'm kind of, you know, trying to reach, but I think at <clears throat> Zoom meetings... It's it's probably the same thing as like in person meetings, going going off topic, going way too long. Um, <clears throat> I do feel like that's my biggest pet peeve with AA etiquette type stuff. The 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 guys who do the thing where it's like, yeah, you know, I'm I know I'm I'm running out of time, and then they share for like two more minutes, or they're mm-hmm. like. Uh, and I guess, and then they repeat what they've said already. It's just like, cause it's like the most selfish thing ever, you know? It's just like, everyone needs to hear more of me. It's just like, we, we really don't. <laughs> no one needs to hear any more of this. Um, and that, I think that that's really it. Like, as far as in-person meetings go, I have this strange experience I might have told you about before that comes to mind where I did like this time this sobriety time machine thing where like i was in aa in the late 90s and then Mm -hmm. got drunk again and came back and this is you know like a decade and a half later and suddenly in meetings every person had a fucking supercomputer in their hand and half of them were like staring at it and thumbing around at Candy Crush or Facebook or whatever during the meeting, right. and including like the dude right next to you, as like uh, six inches from you, as you're sharing, he's like got it up to his face and he's like thumbing around. <laughs> and then you finish, and then he goes, "Yeah, well, you know," and it's just like 
pass. Just pass, dude. You're you are checked out, dude. Just pass. So to right. me, I think that that's like the in person thing. It's like you're so checked out, and you're you're being really disrespectful to everybody around you, particularly when you then insist on sharing. It's just like mm. you know, it's like the only rung of hell lower than that is for someone who brings uh, a bunch of like knitting needles and yarn and <laughs> is making a blanket in the middle of a meeting and then and then is like on top of that I'm gonna fucking share now and it's not right. gonna be about the topic and it's gonna be really self-indulgent and no one needs to hear it that's a really John excellent answer you were really close <laughs> okay so what was the right answer <laughs> So I'll just, because I want to make sure, listen, I know that a lot of people I want people everyone who, to know what the right answer is, for sure. Right, a lot of people listen to our podcast because they're interested in AA and a deeper understanding of Alcoholics Anonymous and the Steps. And so I, we, I want to make sure we're doing a service. If you do not want to be breaking the cardinal rule of AA etiquette, and I agree with you, the great thing about what I think it is, it, it applies both in Zoom and non-Zoom. Mm -hmm. So here's what you can't do. If you don't want to be that person, no gender here. That person in AA, here's what you don't do. You don't show up late with your camera off, <laughs> drop in a share, and then dip early. And then leave. Okay? Now that if is you are a person who is doing that... person and Zoom, yeah. If you are a person who's showing up late with your camera off, or as I'll say in in-person meetings would be showing up late and being on your phone, just... Mm -hmm. Just clearly making sure everyone knows you are not paying attention. Yeah. Then dropping a three to five minute share on nothing that's been talked about or a topic because you weren't in the meeting. So you're not, you have no idea what anybody said. Mm -hmm. And then just leaving as soon as you're done because you have to get to the next meeting so you can talk <laughs> more. That is the worst AA etiquette available. So no, you're there you go. You're 100% right on that. I'm done with my TED talk. <clears throat> okay. Please rank your top three intoxicants. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> highbrow. I went highbrow on this one. I feel like, um, I feel like I, because we're talking about Alcoholics Anonymous, like I should mention alcohol first. <laughs> but if I'm hey, being it's, honest, it's, it's whatever. It's probably barely going to make the top three. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. God, this is going to make me look so bad. I, I love it. Nothing. Let me just say this. Nothing okay. could make you look as bad as the one that instantly comes to mind for me. Or two okay. of them. <clears throat> Does it include... Are you boofing it? Is that why? Just speak. <laughs> okay. Meth. Uh-huh. Heroin. Vodka. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah, I think, honestly, my absolute favorite alcohol buzz was beer. Like, hands down. Mm. Mm -hmm. Next to beer, <clears throat> champagne. I would drink champagne all the time. I would, like, show up to mm. parties with two bottles of Frejeunet, Cava, Spanish sparkling wine. And people would be like, oh, you brought... Leave my fucking bottles alone, dude. These, <laughs> these are my... And I was like, I'm like, there's not that much liquid in it. It's not weird. I'm just drinking two bottles of wine. Like, this is not right. weird. There's 17.5% mm -hmm. alcohol, sure. But I'm just drinking, <laughs> you know. And I would also have like four, you know, cans of beer or whatever. But beer, I think, is definitely... Was always my favorite alcohol buzz. Mm. But... See, I... Go ahead. I love beer. 
my biggest problem with beer was that I would get physically yeah. full totally before I would get to where I want to be. Yeah. And I'd always end up in the bathroom making myself throw up so I could drink more. Yeah. And I hated that. Yeah. You know? See, for for you it was vodka. For me it was whiskey, bourbon, whatever. There's just like there's definitely there's definitely a romance there. <clears throat> but Yeah, I just I- missed that train. I, you know, I think if I had so I believe firmly believe that if I had never discovered hard drugs Mm -hmm. that I probably could have drank for like 10 more years at least. Right. Because alcohol is just such an easier thing socially like to get away with. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I think I might have discovered those types of liquors Mm -hmm. but it wasn't super big where I was like where I drank. The people who I drank with weren't drinking it and everyone was drinking you know vodka. Yeah drinks or whatever or beer a lot of people drink because i like drank a lot in a place where like the microbrew thing was really blowing up yeah yeah um what instantly <laughs> the reason i <laughs> was saying like it, you could not sound worse than me is what instantly comes to mind is like there's no way that i could even list just three without putting whippets on there oh god whippets <laughs> which is like <laughs> Like, yes, that's like the gnarliest shit. I think like I think mine would be like whippets, ambient, and beer, probably. <laughs> oh, that's classic. It's like but what see, a the thing is, it's like disposal of a human being. You have to be um, like uh, <laughs> is whippets is is if I do whippets, am I not sober? <laughs> it's like I love it. Am I not allowed to do whippets? What the fuck, you prude? I remember, dude, I remember when I was in a, like, the first time when I was never sober, but I was, um, like, a huge fellowship guy. Yeah. Every time I'd go to my sister's house. Like, I, my sister for three years would be like, why are these whipped cream cans always messed up? <laughs> like, because I'm draining all like, the nitrous the out of it. <laughs> She's, like, calling them up. Like, I get them. They work for one day. My brother comes over for Sundays and then it don't work anymore. <laughs> we would we would do so much whippets like freshman year of college. It was like the the I first I first got a buzz on like drinking in high school mm-hmm. and then it, also in high school was my first opioid buzz and it was like mm. I have arrived that was my I have arrived moment. It was like yeah. this is I just want to feel like this always. But then in college it was whippets and it was like that was a whole other dimension of like just living in the allergy you know the Mm. phenomenon of craving it was like doing enough to where like everyone in the room like has their own independent seizure where everyone everyone goes like oh fuck do we have to take them to the hospital and then they wake up and they're like give me another you know and you're just like (laughs) okay and then and then like driving to the grocery store and buying like 18 cans of ready whip because like the mm-hmm. head shop is closed and you can't buy cans. And you can't like, get the like, right. little things. Yeah. So <laughs> anyway, that's awesome. Uh, okay. Where? Oh yeah. Switching gears again. <laughs> okay. What would you tell a sponsee who is struggling because none of their sponsees are staying sober? I mean, yeah, it's, I don't have to uh, speculate on that, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. <clears throat> That's uh, I think the first thing is always like, okay, so 
what are you doing wrong? Why aren't you keeping them sober? That's what I ask them every time. <laughs> Why are you? Are they calling you every day at a very specific time in the morning when it's inconvenient? Yeah, exactly. Are, did you let them go back to work? And that girl? <laughs> are they still seeing that girl? Um, no, I mean. Did you let them go back to work? <laughs> it's always the same thing. It's always, you know, where are you at with 11? You know, is this phone call I'm on right now with you a 10 step? Are we doing inventory on this? Mm, nice. um, I like that. Are you swinging or are you trying to live off the swings that you did last week? You know, are you going to continue? Are you continuing to go and try to carry the message to more people? Are you tied up in the result of having a bunch of sponsees or are you just taking the actions? You know, it's like, what are we looking at here? Because sometimes it does go off into a discussion about like, okay, um, you know, how did you feel guided to go into step work with this guy? And I've had dudes where they're like, well, yeah, you know, he's kind of dragging his ass on step four. I always do that weird voice. It's like, none of my sponsors <laughs> sound like that. <laughs> it's all it's like a good King voice, Hill characters. It um, is every time. Yeah. So it's like, oh, he's, you know, dragging his ass on step four and this and that. And, you know, then that'll be a conversation where it's like, okay, so, you know, how was how step four presented? If it's somebody who's like new to sponsorship and stuff. Because sometimes there, there's, you know, you you get to step twelve with somebody, and then they start sponsoring people. They don't necessarily remember all the stuff that you guys did together and the way you did it. And they're, you right. know, they might not have this like rich depth of understanding about the directions. They just know that right. it worked, and they can read the book with someone. So they might not be, you know, hitting things as heavy as like you or I would with someone, where it's like. Mm-hmm. I know in my head that in my experience um, that certain things seem to work better um, done quicker, you know, or certain directions it's good to kind of emphasize, you know, Mm -hmm. and to make it clear, like, I'm not going to do step three with you unless you're starting step four right now. Stuff like that, you know, like, there's not a point in doing this. Like, this, you know, so... I think as long as they're talking out of the book and using the book as the guide, then it's like, just keep swinging, dude. You know, because to me, to my thinking, the goal isn't to have a bunch of sponsees. The goal is to start work with someone new constantly, you know, because right. like the dude's either going to do the work and recover or he's going to do a little bit of the work, stay sober a little while and disappear, or he's not going to do the work and he's going to disappear. It's just like, it's not up to you, right? Right. Okay. When you share at meetings, (laughs) the look on your face, this is not going where you think it's going. When you share at meetings or speak from the podium, why don't you talk about your sober time? You picked up on that? Uh, like, specifically, why don't I say how much time I have? Yeah, I mean, this isn't this this may or may not be another one. <laughs> yeah. I just so, wanted to um, talk about it. Yeah, I mean, I think it's just, it's come over time. Like, it wasn't something I've always done. I used to say how much time I had. Mm-hmm. And then at some point, like, uh, I don't know. 
I don't know if it was like an intuitive thought or if it was like I, I started it in a meeting one time and this idea came to me that like um like I've had people come up to me after meetings and be like oh I know you think you know I, I know you think you get this but you you won't even get it until Wait you until have 10 you're years. seven or whatever right, right? like yeah. you don't even understand what emotional sobriety is <laughs> do you have emotional sobriety do you even know what the fuck that means no because you don't have 10 fucking years mm-hmm. and i'm like wait what like yeah. that isn't and so and then uh the other thing i think is that i see a ton of time bullying happening yeah where people are using their time as a way to to beat up on people or to make it seem like their message must matter because they have all this time. Right. You know, and, and be, and, and, and then I see it work where this person carrying what is basically frothy emotional appeal into an Alcoholics Anonymous meeting, mm-hmm. um, but backing it up with 30 years. And so everyone in the room stops and you can hear a fucking pin drop. Yeah. And then I announce my sobriety and my apparently my stuff doesn't have as much weight because I don't have 30 years right so recently I've stopped saying how much time I have I will announce that my sobriety day is this day but I won't say what year it was mm-hmm. and I say at the beginning of my shares um, I say from the when I don't obviously I don't talk about time in a fucking three minute share I'm talking about like when I give when somebody gives me 45 minutes mm-hmm. and it's obviously become kind of a custom like it's a custom now right that you say Oh, I've, this is my sobriety date, and this is my sponsor. Blah blah blah. So now I just say like, this is my sobriety date. I'm not going to tell you how much time I have because half of you will think it's not enough, and half of you will think it's too much. Mm-hmm. And so I'd rather my message just be my message and have nothing to do with how long I've been sober. And right. why don't you just determine my message based on the depth and weight that I carry up here? Right. And uh, and then I leave it at that. It's interesting though because it's like. Uh the the part of the room that values duration of abstinence above mm-hmm. recovery yep is so fucking pissed off by that and they <laughs> they take such offense to it because yeah a lot of these people all they have is duration of abstinence mm-hmm. and um and it's funny, you know, like we always joke around about it, but it's like, you know, I, <clears throat> I just did my first in-person meeting in over 13 months mm-hmm. last week, a new place where I live. I got an opportunity to do an, to, to run an in-person treatment center meeting and started that last week and four people in the meeting who were in this crisis unit um, were claiming like three, five, seven years sober and were in there because they tried to kill themselves. Right. And I'm not making light of that, but it illustrates a point to me where it's like, okay, the thing that comes to my mind is like, well, you've, you're really proud about your, three years sober my dog has been sober longer than you you know it's like who fucking cares you are in here because you tried to kill yourself you know right and i feel like especially when you've got like a you, you see this like i can i can you're 
your dude who is currently inpatient, who will be at the thing tonight, that guy is like on fire, right? And that mm-hmm. guy has like what, 90 days, 100 days or something? And yep. if that dude goes to 99% of meetings and leads with his sober time, 80 to 100% of the room stops fucking listening. Yeah. And usually the only replies that you'll get are very condescending ones, like you mentioned. And for me, that's so heartbreaking and tragic because look at Ebby, look at Bill Wilson, look at Dr. Bob, look at Bill Dotson. Yeah. Like, these fucking dudes who started this didn't have anywhere near a year when they picked each other up. So it's like, well, where did we go wrong here? We're yeah. looking at duration of abstinence versus quality of, of recovery. That's it. Somebody at some point came up with a brilliant idea, which, and it came from, it came from a brilliant, a, a beautiful place of, of love to, to keep people to come back. They, you know, let's give them these coins for days and, um, it's a great idea. Like I get it. And I understand why they do it. I understand. Like I, you know, I get it, but we have lost sight of what's really important. And we've just put all this value on time and you can have, you get two years and they ask you to go stand up at the podium and say how you did it. They never ask you how you did it. They don't ask you before they, you know, you don't hear about the fact, well, I have no idea. I'm literally dying. Mm -hmm. Like I might kill myself on the way home. Right. We just, Oh, you have two years. Oh, you're a fucking miracle. Yeah. You know, like, and yeah. Um, and, uh, it's working. (laughs) (laughs) Cool. I'll be in the psych ward next weekend. (laughs) But it's working. Um, yeah. Well, anybody who's listened to this knows my stance on how we should be giving out coins. So, and if not, there's an episode where I talked about it. I have no idea which fucking one it was. So go (laughs) listen to all of them. Um, so, okay. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm, I don't know how this is going to go. So I'm just going to ask you, I love it. What is a non AA book that you've read that's enhanced your spiritual experience? I think you asked me that the last time we did this. Shut up. Did I really? I think so. And I, and I rambled about Cormac McCarthy for 10 minutes or something. Okay. All right. All right. All right. All right. (laughs) All right, let's get back. Let's get back in the boat. I really want to be in. <laughs> What's more dangerous to AA, the shame and guilt crowd, or the acceptance and gratitude crowd? <laughs> acceptance and so, gratitude, hands down. Hands correct down. answer. Hands down. It's correct answer. Yeah, like if 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 uh, if I'm supposed to ignore or embrace like positively my things in my life that cause me shame and guilt if i'm supposed to do that i'm doing the opposite of what step one is asking me you know (laughs) step one is all about are you failing can you stop failing you know and it's about very specific thing, right? So it's like, right. if all I'm going to do is pat myself on the back, take bubble baths, and be grateful for what I've got, <laughs> I'm fucking not looking at the stuff I need to look at in order to start this process that's going to help me recover. Right. Bottom line. Awesome. 
Okay. Uh, Stupid one. Okay. What is your favorite sparkling water? Come on. <laughs> Topo Chico. Hands oh, down. Man. I feel I feel like that is the correct answer for sure. You know what's amazing about a Topo Chico? You can open a glass bottle that can't be closed again properly. You know what I mean? Right. And I know this for a fact. You can open that thing mm-hmm. at 10 p.m. Yep. Take a couple sips. Sleep. Yeah. Get up at <laughs> 7 in the morning. Say already. <laughs> and the fucking thing is still just just as beautifully bubbly as it was the night before. Weirdly, though, there's like a... You know how they have the plastic bottle ones? Okay, yeah, I haven't had a lot of experience with those. So, weirdly, it's not the same with that. Now, I, I don't doubt it. They have one that's like grapefruit flavored and like a lime one in those bottles, the plastic ones. And mm-hmm. I found that like the grapefruit ones, I've literally never gotten one that wasn't almost already flat. And I don't know huh, what the deal that's is. That's sad. But it's like, why do you need flavored Topo Chico? Topo Chico don't. is perfect. It's like, it's a, it's like almost meaty. It's like it is. It it, it, it has a really good flavor. And people who think it's fucking so good. waters don't taste differently, no, come on. Pour a glass of Evian and a glass of fucking tap water, and then walk off a bridge, dude. Shut up. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Uh, I have basic as as a result of sobriety and also. Um, like some other physical things that you know about that we won't go into detail on. Um, I have basically been resigned to drink water and coffee as like basically my, and an occasional Red Bull as like my only real beverages. Um, So like to me, I only drink like sparkling waters, even like when I'm out, yeah, like at a restaurant, and it's like, it's for me, it's like ordering the bottle of wine. Right. I'm like, oh, you have Pellegrino? Yes, I think I'll have one of those. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you have Topo Chico? I'll take two. Oh, you have that tiny little 8.5 ounce glass bottle of sparkling water that has like sea salt in it for some weird reason? I'll Ooh. take one of those right now. Yes. yes, yes. And when I'm feeling very bougie and I'm in a Mexican restaurant, I order a Mexican Coke, yeah. and that is like heaven. Yeah, those are pretty dope. Yeah, um, but uh, that's man, you're fucking firing on all cylinders. Okay, um, I want to ask you this next question because I'm giving you a little preamble because um, this is a question that gets asked a lot in a meeting that I go to, and I always wish that there's questions that get asked in this particular meeting by newcomers, mm-hmm. and I always wish you were there. <laughs> so, if someone brand new asked you what to focus on outside of the steps what would you say nothing (laughs) literally nothing but john like what do i do like you know like i'm over here and i'm like trying to live my life and like i mean like are you suggesting i just work the steps correct (laughs) (laughs) but like but like what should i do when i'm done with my fourth step you should do your fifth step (laughs) <laughs> got it okay got it huh it's crazy because at the meeting i'm talking about it usually goes on for like eight minutes <laughs> do you remember when uh when i when i spoke at the salvation army uh yeah it's like yeah. pretty memorable experience <laughs> <laughs> so i remember 
being really nervous during the talk and like not really knowing what was going on. But I was like, I'm just going to stay with my step work and just talk about going through the steps. Right. And just being like, whatever. And then, and then the second that like the Q and a portion started, I was like, this fucking rules. I love this. Cause that's, mm-hmm. that's what I like. I like the back and forth between, you know, two alcoholics. And, um, one of the questions was that question and this guy said like you know what besides the steps what can i do and i'm just like nothing you know, like or you know what do you credit for you know what can i do that's something that you credit for your recovery the steps that's it 12 steps yeah um if if we were at a grocery store and you came up and you asked me something and i didn't know who you were I might give you some big, slightly more esoteric answer about like, well, I found that uh, doing this or that in my life was helpful uh, and overcoming problems, blah, blah. You know, I'm not going to talk about the 12 steps. Guess what? We're in a fucking Alcoholics Anonymous meeting. Right. The only solution I have to offer you is the 12 steps that will get you connected to this power. That's it, dude. Like, we're not at... Albertsons, you know what I mean? Like, right. we're at an AA meeting. Why is, why, why are you looking for more? You know, <laughs> well, especially when you won't. But what's do your the opinion? Stuff. You won't do the stuff, and then you want but something else. What about else. that job? It's like, what about the job, though? Yeah, like, how about do the steps? Uh huh. <laughs> get connected and, to the power, and seek guidance directly from that power, not me. But do I apply to the job? And then turn around and tell me. <laughs> That it didn't work, <laughs> right? It's just is yeah. That's that's a great question though, and I don't know. I I I assume I went somewhat toward your patented correct answer on that. Oh, I forgot we were. Yes, correct. Yep, that is the correct answer. <laughs> you are five for five. Okay, what principles do you feel Step Twelve is suggesting to practice in all our affairs? <laughs> This is where, like, I wish our friend was here. I almost na- named him. I forget what his fake name is. Because he could probably tell you that there are 12 specific <laughs> AA principles, you know? Um, so, yeah, but, we're, not, um, we're not in Albertsons. Okay. We're talking about AA. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. The principles are to do literally what the book says every single day. Like, the more I lean into doing the work exactly as it's laid out in the book and not trying to change or or do anything else, the less I become interested in finding some, like, next level of Alcoholics Anonymous, Mm -hmm. the more rich the program has become. Mm -hmm. The more I focus on doing Step 11 exactly as it's laid out in the book, every single day, twice a day, exactly as it's told to me, and then doing 10 when this stuff crops up and I become aware of it. Um, And uh, the more um, accurate I'm able to walk in 12. Yeah. And and I can't put like a specific, because every day it's a different principle. You know, like, I don't want to say, oh, kindness, mm-hmm. love, because it's it's a little, it's not so simple. But what I will say is, is that the principle that I need to bring into my world, whether it be with a sponsee or my kids or my wife or my job or whatever, 
the more I practice 11 in the black and white way that it's laid out, and I don't try to add or subtract anything. I don't try to be a Buddhist or have a fucking shrine to my higher power and light candles or do anything. I just do it exactly as it says to be done. Um, the more that stuff is just so illuminated for me. Yeah. And so to anybody who was asking me that question, like I would challenge them as I challenge my sponsees. And I say, I've said this to every single sponsee who's made it to this point. I say, what would your life look like if you did this every day for 90 days? Mm -hmm. What would we be doing 90 days from now? Do you, are we going to be talking about your shitty job? Right. And, and how you can't find a date. Are we going to be talking about how life's not fair? You know? Or will you be walking this path where God is illuminating things in such a way that it's like almost impossible to make a misstep, mm -hmm. you know? Um, so I don't know if that answers your question. Yeah. I mean, you know, you talk about like the, it, it, what comes to mind for me is like the next level AA guys where it's like, right. That's, that's not a thing. You might write your own book, which plenty of these, a lot of them do. <laughs> characters do um you might do whatever you might start your men's retreat where you guys talk about all this deep heady shit right and um i'm not trying to be some hardliner but like um i kind of feel like when there's 12 things listed and the last thing says do all these every day it it's saying do this stuff every day like that right. seems so fucking obvious to me and yet i will hear speaker tapes where they're like i didn't even uh you know i didn't even know what the again king of the hill guy i didn't even king know what the uh principles were until my sponsor pointed me toward the uh 36 spiritual principles that are listed here and it's uh you know this and, the, and it's just like okay cool so the principle behind step one is it's just like dude slow down dude right. you are and i've had you're you're trying to get like right. Eckhart Tolle it, it, it's just like it doesn't need to be that like we don't need to get into philosophy this none of the stuff in this book is above anyone's head mm -mm. it's literally written right there and like you're bringing a whole list of other things into it and saying that that's it it's I'm not saying it's harmful but it, it is no different than the the people who are like bringing self-help stuff into it it's the same thing it, it's outside stuff 100% 100%. And, and, and it is harmful because you're selling it as if it's AA. Exactly. And and the thing is, is it's not harmful if the person knows. Here's, I'll be completely transparent with you. I do 11 exactly as it's laid out. And then I leave where I do 11. I go to another place and I read an Emmett Fox daily meditation. And I often sit with it for a few minutes. Okay. Now that I know though, but I know it's a separate thing. Mm -hmm. It's a completely two, it's two completely separate practices that I enjoy. I often, I listen to a tremendous amount of, I listen to because I drive a lot. So I listen to a tremendous amount of spiritual books. Yeah. I love them. They do impact me. And sometimes they even find their way into a share that I might have or whatever, like in a principle idea, right? Or like mm -hmm. a concept. Um, but I have a very, and my sponsees have a very firm understanding of the, the work and the, I've been calling it now for like a year or maybe like seven months, eight months. Like I call it triple A. 
this thing of people keep I hear it in the meetings this advanced AA degree that they think we're going to get it doesn't fucking exist and I the more I move away from that concept and the thing is we're human I want you to think that I'm so smart and I'm making this so complicated but I I'm not like I'm literally reading it and step 11 to me is just so and I think you probably impacted me more on that than anybody else but just the importance of how clear cut it is and how important it is it really does like i know we could argue about step three and step 12 and step 11 whatever they're all fucking important but i'm just saying like here's my experience and i say this all the time i have yet to meet somebody that bookends their day with god and is struggling yeah and i have yet to hear one of the people who in in meetings now i'm talking about speaking in meetings i've yet to hear somebody who speaks in meetings about all these you know bigger ideas and bigger concepts and all these outside things that are not in the book who does the work in the book every day i have yet Mm -hmm. to meet one of those people these people are never active in the precise directions for 10 11 and 12 in a daily life they're just not go Go do 11 for 30 or 60 days, then go give a share about it and watch the room glaze over. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> Been there. Like, when I talk about step 11, people are like, what is he talking about? Is this some other thing? Am I supposed to know about this? John, do you know about this? <laughs> right. Okay. Um, oh, fuck it. Great question. Okay. You ready? Ready. Here we go. Now that you live in Texas, <laughs> where have you had the best barbecue? Oh, God. Which state? Like, the, did you? Is it in Texas or was it in another state? Oh, which state? Yeah. Well, I'm saying like oh, now that you live there. Ever. Oh, okay. So Texas didn't didn't crack the code. No, I mean it's Texas. Is the oh yeah, for sure it is yeah, okay for sure. So now. Now, I've had barbecue all over the country. Okay. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I've done a lot of uh, in our country. Which city in Texas had the best barbecue? There was a place in Austin called Ruby's that I'm shouting out because it doesn't exist anymore. Mm, I think that they just closed down like a year and a half, two years ago, something like that. Maybe a little longer, but just incredible really really good um but yeah i mean texas hill country barbecue is really really good and then also Mm. like out in east texas like toward dfw area and stuff there's just a lot of like really small you know smoke shack places just you know you might just put this in the old memory bank next time you're in ohio you might want to try a little place called city barbecue I'll, uh, I'm ju- I'll put that on my bucket list. Okay, because you might change your mind is all I'm saying. All right, go ahead. Perfect. All right, this is my last question. This is it. What's your favorite part about our podcast? Oh, man. Okay. First, I get to spend time with you. Of course. But that's like right, making that's the podcast. that's it for us this evening. <laughs> Thank you for joining us. <laughs> So it's getting to it's getting to spend time with you. Um, I'm going to give my answer in three parts. <laughs> Perfect. Okay, getting to spend time with you while making the podcast. My favorite part 
of the podcast has actually been watching you creatively make the commercials and just be in awe of your ability to not only be super creative in that way, but also like to like mix that stuff all together. So that's like my favorite part of like when I get to listen to them, that's what I love. Um, but my, my favorite part of the podcast is the fellowship that has grown from it. Right. Um, the amount of people that we've met who have like really like immerse themselves into our lives in like an incredible way that I never expected. Um, that people who I actively talk to on a regular basis, um, and, uh, and who reach out to me, somebody reached out to me today out of nowhere, just to tell me how much that they, uh, just tell me how much they love me. Mm -hmm. What an incredible thing that is. And, and that person that we met through the podcast, um, I'm going to be traveling, when all I got, I got vaccinated and everything. We're gonna, we're gonna be doing some traveling here, and uh, I've already got plans to meet some people who we've met through the podcast. Nice, like, um, and and go see them in their in their space and 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 check out the things that they're doing because they're all doing cool shit, you yeah. know. And uh, and so uh, I have two trips planned this summer so far, and both of them. I'm able to go visit with people who we met through this, who I've never met in person, but I've communicated with a tremendous amount. So it's, um, awesome. I would say that is my favorite part. Yeah, that's great. I totally agree with all of that, especially the parts about how, uh, handsome and, uh, what was it? Interesting. Yep. Smart. Funny. I, went, I am. And creative. <laughs> No, yeah. I want to be sure that everyone knows I have nothing to do with the commercials. The only thing I have to do with them is you send them to me and say, what do you think? And I usually am just like cracking up laughing, telling you that I love them. Yeah. So. <laughs> Thank you. Do you I want to do another? That. What's up? Do you want to do another one of those pauses? <laughs> <laughs> All right. I got to try and run and make this thing. Yep. I got to go cook some stuff on the grill we did it under an hour well just barely over an hour great job we did it we can go see our families okay they're letting we'll they're see letting you next us time. out of the room <laughs> <laughs> thank you everybody for listening we will uh be back soon with probably another bonus let's be real yeah <laughs> maybe we'll, yeah well yeah we'll see you i'd love soon. to lie to you and tell you that we've recorded all our ideas for season three but but we haven't. Then I'd have to fucking make amends. I don't feel like <laughs> everyone doing that. who listens. <laughs> All right, you take care. All right, good seeing you. Bye, man. John. Yeah, later. This has been a podcast greater than yourself. A podcast greater than yourself was created by recovered alcoholics. All involved in the creation of this podcast are active members of Alcoholics Anonymous who wish to carry the message of our own recovery to those who still suffer. We do not claim to represent Alcoholics Anonymous. All comments are from our own experiences as alcoholics who have recovered by following the directions for the 12 steps found in the book Alcoholics Anonymous. Thanks for listening.